Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. I am so excited that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and Lou Bear. Now, Lou, do you prefer to go by Lou or Luena? Lou is just fine. Thank you. All right. So Lou Bear, she is, first off, I want to read a little bit of her bio because I I love this, this quote of hers. Lou believes that civility is its own reward. And she suggests that in choosing civility, people find their best self. And in doing so, they experience the grace, courage, generosity, humanity, and humility that civility engenders. I love that quote. I wanted to start off with that. But for more than 20 years, Lou has been an internationally rec- has been internationally recognized as the leading expert on civility at work with a focus on social intelligence and culturally competent communication. That's a tongue twister there, Lou. (laughs) She is also a multi-published author with best-selling books in that mix. And her entire career has been focused on speaking about and fostering values of equity, inclusion, democracy, compassion, and justice. Lou, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. Wow, you you are a very accomplished woman. And I give you a high five virtually through that. All the stuff in your bio that I didn't share. But my goodness, what a journey you have had. And my first question, I guess, is, well, first off, welcome. But then my first question is, what got you in the direction that you go now with this workplace civility? Well, thank you so much. So it's true, civility to last... 30 years has been my kind of my life and my work and my life's work, you know, if we kind of mix it all up. But um, I think probably my parents, you know, the way I was raised, um, kind of smaller townish, you know, family was the most important thing, church twice a week. And, um, you know, some of those values you take on with your parents, um, you shift them when you get older. But for me, some of the, the core values about um, how you treat people. And um, my father initially suggested to me that respect is not something you should ever have to earn. Trust is, but that you should respect people, um, even when you don't know them, even when you don't know their history, their religion, their culture, um, even if they look different than you, everybody's deserving of respect. And so I think that seed was planted a long, long time ago. And then through my young life and school and work experiences, I came to realize that not everybody shared that view. Um, a lot of people think that if you're old, you deserve more respect. If you're Um, rich, you deserve a certain kind of respect, that if you have a title or education, that you should be treated differently. If you're of certain genders or races, that you don't deserve the same respect. And it was a bit um, eye-opening and shocking and, um, you know, depressing in a way and disheartening for me to discover that, you know, not everybody shared that same value. And so, I started um, initially teaching etiquette because I, in my younger life, I thought social rules were how we learned that, you know, everybody wait their turn, everybody say please. And I soon discovered that the the rules actually don't really matter, um, that it, that it's something that is an aspect of character. Aspect of character. How true. You know, and what a tough lesson for a, a, a young girl to learn, like you had explained, because I, I too feel that I was disheartened when I started to see the world f- 
for how it really was and, and how people acted and treated one another. And as I got older, you see more and more of it and you understand more and more of it, obviously, as you get older. And it was disheartening and discouraging. And so I, I under, I can, I can empathize with that, that feeling that you had um, as a, as a young girl prior to when the world changed two and a half years ago, I, I worked out in the corporate world. I worked in manufacturing for years as a sales director. And then I was also in the healthcare as business development Two, you know, polar opposite sections. But I noticed one prevailing factor, no matter where I worked, I like how you used leaders and, you know, employees, I guess, lack courage. And that was interesting how you worded that because <clears throat> I was always one who questioned and say, well, you know, could you please explain to me why this is done this way? Or could you explain to me why this person's behavior is allowed to continue? That was, you know, very, very disruptive to the workplace, rude to clients, to customers, coworkers, you know, and I, I never understood why those above me would not grab the reins and when you said lack of courage, that just, that hit, that hit home with me for what I've seen myself. And I'm sure many, many others that are, you know, today working in environments like that, it's not, it doesn't take anything of your soul to be civil to That's someone right. else. That's right. That's right. And I, I, I feel like one of the things that over the years is kind of a hot button for me. I, I agree. It doesn't take soul, but um, you know, people will say manners cost nothing or, you know, respect is free. And that's where the courage part comes in, because it's not like sometimes it, it costs us, you know, a friendship or it costs us financially or it costs us, you know, our time or our energy. You know, but if each of us put forth just a tiny little bit of that expense, you know, it, I, I think. One of the other things, and I'm sure I sound a bit preachy, but I feel like people have to experience civility to give civility. So if you've been treated poorly your whole young life or teachers were unkind to you or someone labeled you a bully in kindergarten because you behaved badly when you were five and you were hangry, um, you know, there's all sorts of things we do in our in our society and culture that I think co-facilitate incivility and we're not even aware of it. But um, I, I feel like if... If I can be kind to the service person at Tim Hortons, who is obviously stressed and certainly would not want to, you know, be there being yelled at if, if she didn't have to, he or she, if, if I can just extend a little kindness to somebody and have them see that, you know, the whole world isn't angry and cruel and unkind, you know, maybe they'll be kinder to the next person. You know, it's that it sounds a bit cheesy, but that whole pay it forward, just be nice. Um, there really is some value there. I I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> I couldn't agree more. And I love how you use the example of, you know, the stressed out employee at Tim Hortons. I, I've witnessed that in a grocery store where a customer was literally screaming at the cashier. I was one lane over and everyone had stopped and was looking because they were stunned at the level and the volume that this woman was spewing anger and the cashier just very calmly just just sat there and took it. Right, right. <laughs> then a and manager finally came over and yeah. escorted the lady out. She was out of control. And I, I, I was stunned. And 
when it all calmed down and I was done checked through and got my bags and I made it a point because she was visibly upset after the woman had been escorted from the store. This cashier was visibly upset. And so she was taking a moment, which mm -hmm. I completely understood. But I walked over and I said, not everyone is like that. And I personally appreciate all of your work and effort here because I see how hard you guys work. So don't let her make you think that we're all like that. You're right. she, she just looked at me and she almost, she, she got all teary eyed and was on the verge of tears because, you know, she had emotion and stress and all that going on. But I made it a point to go over and say that because it was just, I was becoming angry and I'm going, no, no, no. I cannot let that one woman's anger land on me and ruin the rest of my day. You know, exactly. exactly yeah. Because it does, it, 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 it's just as there's a ripple effect of kindness, it's true for negativity being thrown out in the world as well. Oh, That's a ripple sure. too. Yes, yes. How do you, how do you look at, now I know I like I, how you said, you know, just treating people with kindness, regardless. I have nuggets of hope literally little stones that have the word hope engraved in them. Oh, and I, I carry them with me. And I started this about a year and a half ago. I felt very strongly urged to do this. And I've always been one that's, you know, I'll pay for someone's groceries behind me if I'm able to that day, or, you know, I'll buy someone's coffee behind me in the drive through at Tim Hortons. Um, I've always done that when I'm able, but I, I had, I kept getting this urge that you've got to, you've got to do more. And I'm like, right. all right, what am I supposed to do? And then hope, the word hope came everywhere. So I got these little stones and I just approach people. I'll, you know, be shopping or doing errands and I'll just see someone. And I feel very strongly, that's the person. And I'll walk up and just say, hey, I'd like to give you something today. And without fail, they've all opened up their hand. And I just put this stone in their hand and say, I just want to give you a nugget of hope today. So be blessed. And I just turn and walk away. I don't stay and talk, but that's just something that I do. And I know, like you were saying, if everybody just used that one little tiny bit that they that's can right. do each day, that one little thing, I'm just one person tossing out nuggets, but it doesn't have to be an actual stone. That's right. That's right. And I think oftentimes people underestimate the value of one kind gesture or so thrilled here I'm managing today. Um, one kind gesture or one kind word or or you know five extra seconds or minutes of full attention, right? Because I hear all the time stories about people with a regret that you know if I had just stopped and said good morning to so and so this morning, maybe he or she, you know, wouldn't have driven angry or wouldn't have had one more drink and hurt themselves or you know whatever it is, but countless stories too where you know in my own life where at a moment where I was particularly low or you know thinking about whether it was quitting a job or um, canceling a friendship or you know whatever it is some decision that some 
someone cared enough to give me some good advice or to to sit with me or you know just like you a stranger you know somebody would just you know smile you know genuinely you know something right but it really is most people I think um, in one of my books Henry David uh, Thoreau has a, a quote he said that the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation and I've often felt in my work and experience that that's true. And people are not so quiet in their desperation, you know, both men and women that, that you know, a lot of people are just hanging on by their fingernails and, you know, whether it's financial struggles or whatever. So then just one little gesture, you know, a shared experience or something can make all the difference. Yeah. And I agree. People, you don't realize just what a strong impact that one small act of kindness just recognizing someone you know i i've seen strangers you know distraught you know i've been one of them sitting in my car crying you know and i've i've seen others that have been distraught or upset in some way and they're just on their own they're by themselves doing their darndest to hold it together and and they're failing at it I, I've approached people to just say, I don't need to know what's going on in your life. I just want to let you know that I see you mm -hmm. and I care. Yeah. But just to be acknowledged, you know, I'm not, you're not on, you're not on an Island all by yourself. You know, yeah, take the yeah. time, take the time to see people. That's right. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And it's true. Um, I think sometimes it's actually easier to give support and help to strangers or to receive it from strangers, right? Because, you know, there's that, uh, I don't know, I find it so interesting, social media, people will, you know, say anything and post anything and share all kinds of, of things with the world and, you know, so-called friends, which is kind of a funny thing, as you know, on social media, but, right. Um, right? And then, you know, they haven't talked to their father for two years. It's it's um, really interesting to me how all that works. But I mean, of course, relationships are complicated. I I feel social media, I think, uh, is wonderful in a way. But then it's also horrible in a way. Mm -hmm. um, we all wear masks every day. Everybody does. You're going to put your mask on before you walk out your back door. Most people do. The majority of people do. I think social media is just another mask, public, more public. And you're able to put words out there and pictures out there, which to me a lot. And I know some people that they've all their, their social media stuff is just beautiful and wonderful. But I also know that the husband is incredibly abusive. Right. right. And, you know, that's, I, I don't, I've, I've often thought about that, how social media, you know, if someone, and I know many that are struggling tremendously, but their social media feeds are all beautiful and wonderful. That may be their way of, you know, this is how I want my life to be. This is how I envision it. This is how it used to be. I mean, how do you, how do you see that? How do you see social media when you know that, you know, behind that mask, behind that computer screen, it's a whole different story. So about social media, I, I agree with you that, you know, sometimes it's a facade or, you know, I think it's a coping mechanism for some people. And what's upsetting to me is if we tell you, myself included some days, it's a distraction and a time waster. And, 
you know, I think maybe sometimes we use it as an excuse to actually avoid real contact with people. You know, it's very easy just to post some praying hands and, a, you know, some roses when we see a friend's husband died, but to get in the car and drive down there and say, you know, I, I actually, I, I, I didn't know I've been in my own world for six months. I didn't know he was suffering and, and your loss and what can I do? You know, it's, um, it's, I, I think we, we're really afraid of each other these days and we, we, because we're not sure what's appropriate behavior, we're worried about, you know, saying the wrong thing or label and you know, I, I find with culture and gender now, people are so afraid that I'll say something wrong and they'll think I'm a racist or, um, you know, some bias will pop up that I wasn't even aware of and, you know, I can't show my face again. But I think we're so afraid that rather than ask questions and learn and take some reparable risks, you know, worst case, you know, I show up and she doesn't want to talk to me because I haven't, you know, supported her through her husband's illness or whatever, right? But I, I think it's just easier to escape to social media sometimes. And I'm not sure it's healthy um, for for many of us, right? No, I agree. I, I don't think it's healthy um, at all. You know, and there are days where I'm, I'll be like, wow, I just spent way too much time going down that rabbit hole. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, go grab the dog and go for a walk. This is ridiculous, Kim. You know, so I will... I'll, I'll uh, berate myself for that, you know, be like, all right, Kim, what are you doing? The world shifted big time when so much of it went virtual, you know, a few mm -hmm. years ago. And I think that a lot of people and myself included, I'm going to say I'm put myself in this. It became very comfortable to do everything virtually. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you, you literally don't have to leave your house for anything. Literally. Right. You know, if you don't want to, you don't have to, because you can have everything delivered now too, you know? Mm -hmm where the world really, really changed in how lives are lived the last few years. And some of it, you know, in some aspects, it's, it's great. Um, but in, in many, I think it's, it's caused people to self-isolate more, to not be a part of the, the world, uh, to not interact in person with people. And it's almost uncomfortable, uncomfortable for people to, to have face-to-face -face now, as opposed to virtually. I mean, the whole, the whole dynamic has shifted. It's, it's interesting, but it's also distressing at times too, um, at least for me. And I agree, Lou, on the social media um, and, and how it's had positive and negative impacts on people, you know, because the world has changed and shifted in, in how it, how people view interactions with people. Some are more comfortable now virtual as opposed to being in person. And I think that that's going to, long-term and already is, as we're seeing, have a negative impact. Before we wrap up today, I do want to touch on your book or have you touch on your book, Civil Tea at Work, um, which is available on Amazon. And we will have all that information available for folks so they can go check it out. But can you share a little bit about that book, Civil Tea at Work? Sure, thank you. So that is um, the follow-up to um, a best-selling book called The 30% Solution, which was about how there's some research by Weber Shadwick proving that in incorporating civility in your policies and best practices at work <clears throat> improves retention, profitability, and engagement by an average of 30%. So it's, you know, there's a real uh, solid business case for civility at work. And um, in civility at work, we talk about how, <clears throat> excuse me, civility is a measurable competency. 
you know, I talked about how it's an aspect of character, but in workplace, we can actually teach people. You know, often you say, go build rapport with people. And they say, sure, but they really don't know that there's, you know, eight different ways to ask questions, that there's uh, what's called social radar, a way to read body cues to see if people are present and and uh, if you've got their attention and if not why not you know there's it's it's a competency anyway so there's four skills that underpin civility and if if people are interested of course the book in lists all of that and there's quite a few tools assessments and resources and things it's meant to be kind of a takeaway um get started with civility in your workplace kind of toolkit book now that sounds like it's a book that could be used in your everyday life too outside of the workplace Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have the, the luxury, really, of about 540 affiliates in 47 countries now around the world. And I can tell you that um, in their work in, in different cities and countries, um, you know, people struggle with civility at work across sectors. You mentioned your story about manufacturing and we work in healthcare and legal profession and retail and hospitality and, you know, education, aerospace, you know, wherever you are, um, the incivility to some degree impacts all of us every day. So there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> and um, happily, though, there's a lot of success stories. And, you know, we've devised some pretty good training tools and, and uh, strategies to, to help people build civility at work. Awesome. Awesome. It sounds like, and I, I love, I like how it's a, it's a follow-up civility, civility at work is a follow-up to the 30% solution. So folks hope you wrote that down, made note of those two books because, and don't think of it. It's just something that, you know, for the workplace, you can use that throughout your daily lives, which I think is awesome. Lou, I appreciate you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with me and my listeners one thing I like to ask is, what is a nugget of hope that you would like to toss out to our listeners today? Oh, thank you. And, and it's been my pleasure too, Kim. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I would say that, um, you know, my experience and something I would encourage other people is that when you invite people to bring their best self, they usually do. And so assume the best of people and, you know, take your own best self to every opportunity, every conversation, every interaction. And you'll see, as I do, that civility is its own reward. Awesome. What an awesome, beautiful nugget. Thank you very much. Lou, thanks again for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce. This has been an absolute pleasure. And for all of you out there listening, I'm so glad that you spent part of your day with myself and my guest today. Lou Bear, everybody out there, be well, stay well, and be blessed.